Welcome to Real Estate Agent Superstars. I'm RJ Baxter with Intercap Lending, your host. And our special guest today is Gay Ribble of the Ribble Group, which is part of the Empower Home Team, which is the number 10 real estate team nationwide. And uh, Gay's group is actually the number two team with, with Keller Williams. So she's had a lot of success over her career. And she's joining us today to share some of her thoughts on team building and uh, how to build equity in your business and, and how to look to the future. So welcome, Gay. Appreciate it. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. It's really an honor. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you start in this journey on real estate? Oh, that's a long story in and of itself, but it's only a 30-minute podcast, so I won't, uh, I won't <laughs> go into the whole story. But um, I was a stay-at-home mom, and my husband was a lender, interestingly. Okay. And, um, he had, was a lender, and he always said, um, I think you could do this. I meet realtors all the time, and I see what they do, and I think that you could do it, and probably better than a lot of them. And so... Um, you know, there were a few turn of events that led me there, but basically when my youngest was starting preschool, so I was a stay-at-home mom for, you know, like five or six years. And then when my youngest was in preschool, I decided to do it. And when I did it, I, um, so it's embarrassing, but I drove a minivan, right? So I was that <laughs> mom. We've had one. I can uh, say. Well, they're actually, they're great. It should <laughs> they be, are, they are. They're, you know, really useful and helpful. But so I drove a minivan that was paid for. And um, when I, and I had sold Tupperware, that was the only thing that I had done, you know, when I had kids, I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't even love Tupperware, but it was just a way to make a little bit of extra money. And so, you know, that was really all of my working I was very young. Um, even, you know, when I got married and all of it. And so, um, I got a loan, a $5,000 loan, um, using my minivan as collateral and that money had to pay for real estate school, which by the way, it hasn't changed. The cost of real estate school is about the same for 30 years, Interesting. $1,000, you know, to, to go get my license. And then my board mm-hmm. dues. And I went straight to Remax because at that time I really felt that Remax was the top you know, company um, mm-hmm. out there. And so, and they were, they were the number one, you know, real estate company in the world at that time. And so, you know, I went straight there, which usually rookies never went to Remax because they didn't really have a training um, policy and, you know, training department. It's all changed now, but at that time they didn't. So they only really took experienced agents because you had to pay your monthly dues to, you know, to be there. And so I said to myself, I've got you know what, this $5,000. And once the $5,000 is gone, um, I either need to be making money or I need to get out of real estate because I can't just keep taking from my family, um, you know, Mm -hmm. to do this. And my second full month in the business, I had five closings and and I never (laughs) ran out of the money. So I still have the 5,000 and once it runs out, then I'm done, but it hasn't. (laughs) Nice. Mm -hmm. So how did you right out of the gate, get five transactions in your second month. Oh, gosh. If you can remember that far back. That was how long ago? That was a long time ago. It was 30 years ago. It'll be 30 years. March. Mm -hmm. So it was a long time ago. Um, You know, I, it was interesting because I didn't even have a desk. I didn't have, I I really, it was just um, pure, you know, willpower drive Um, and, Mm -hmm. you know, working really hard. I, back in those days, I, you know, we didn't work remotely. 
I was one of the first ones in my Remax office to um, to brand myself instead of the company and to work from home. Um, and no one did that at that time. And you know, computers were just barely invented. You know, when that right, was yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, so I was the, you know, the young punk at the time. And um, so I had a rule for myself, I would go to the Remax office. And if it was midnight, and I wasn't done, I had to go home. Because I just thought mm. it passed midnight, and I'm sitting here working, that's dumb and not safe. And you know, I need to go home. But so yeah. literally, I would work that many hours, you know, many, many, many nights up till midnight, um, you know, trying wow. to figure out, but we didn't have the technology and things. You had to go drive contracts over to someone and drop it mm-hmm. off in a box in the middle of the night. It was crazy. So, um, you know, technology has helped make it a whole lot easier to do a whole lot more business, you know, now, but yeah. I didn't, you know, I just was driven and motivated and that's really all you need to be. So, yeah. yeah. So then how did it evolve from there for you? So um, I always like to say that I've done literally every real estate model out there. Um, And I think that I've done every one of them fairly successfully. So it wasn't like, oh, I tried this and this didn't work. And so then I tried, you know, something else and that didn't work. I actually tried, it evolved, right? So that word evolved is is a good word because, um, you know, at first it was just me for probably about two years. And then I got an assistant um, and we Mm -hmm. moved to my house. And that was really radical, you know, that we would be working from home with an assistant, like very many, very few Mm -hmm. agents had assistants even at that time and no one worked from home. Um, And so did that for a long time as a solo agent, probably um, probably close to 10 years. Um, And then added uh, my husband joined us. So maybe it was about 13 years that it was just me and one assistant. And so my husband joined, got out of the lending business. He was a lender. And so he decided that real estate, that was in the, you know, at the time that lending practices were not good, lots of foreclosures and things like that. And so he decided he was, you know, wanting a different a different twist to the industry. Mm-hmm. So he joined me. And so then we did the whole husband and wife team thing. Um, and that was, that was probably the hardest of all the different things because he joined me in my business that he got me started in. Right. And so, uh, yeah. and, you know, we're both very driven individuals and I can remember my assistant would just keep saying, you can't fire him. We need, we need him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fire him. And so she'd have to talk me off the fence from firing him all the time. But um, at that time, he then started working with buyers and I was working with the sellers um, Mm -hmm. all the way through the recession. And so the recession was, you know, an interesting period of time, the Great Recession. um, And a lot of agents were getting out of business. A few of my friends took their lives because it was so bad. It it was bad. You know, I mean, it was, it was really bad and it was really hard for us too, because, you know, all of our eggs were in one basket right at the time that our kids were in college, you know, by that time. And um, so, you know, it was tough, but we, you know, really figured it out. And um, that was probably when our business started to explode the most in a good way, you know, just started to really grow through Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I, you know, am wanting to say to other agents, because that's primarily probably who will be watching this is don't, don't freak out, just figure it out so that you can learn how to make this 
something that will catapult you to the next level. So it'll either take yeah. you out or it'll grow you. And for, for me, it grew me, fortunately. About that time, I bought a Keller Williams franchise. Um, and I okay. bought the worst performing franchise in the worst performing region of Keller Williams, um, <laughs> uh, which meant that it was pretty inexpensive to buy it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we bought it and we grew it really rapidly. So within our third year, we were the um, second fastest growing business of all of Metro Denver of any industry um, wow. by the Denver Business Journal. So um, we won a big, big award for that. And we grew it from 13 agents to 150 agents. And we were the most profitable Keller Williams office in Denver per agent count, which meant that our agents were making more money than, you know, other offices. Um, and so about that time, I decided to sell it, um, to sell the franchise because it was taking me way farther away from my passion, which is working with buyers and sellers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was running a franchise, which I could do. And I did it, a you know, I did it fairly well, but I didn't love it. And so I've always fought to stay where I love, right. And to keep doing it. Cause you do a lot, a lot of it. If you're not loving it, then it's probably not a good right. thing. You know, right. so I, so I sold it. Um, and decided at that point to really grow my team and to really focus on growing my team, which I started, you know, I really started to do. That was um, not even that many years ago. That was like in 2016, um, 15, 16, something like that. And mm-hmm. so we started to hire more agents and that the team name was the Ribble Group at that point. And so the Ribble Group was really um, created because I, from my you know, many years of being in real estate and knowing a lot of people and, you know, doing regular lead generation and stuff like that had more clients than I could work with. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you want to leverage that, right? You don't want to just let the clients fall away, which sometimes happens if you're too busy. And so I started to hire other agents and I would cherry pick the ones that I wanted to work with. And I would hand off the ones that I didn't want to work with, or if I didn't know them or something like that. Sure. Um, And so we grew that pretty, pretty well. So um, let's see, in 2021 is when I decided to to pivot a little bit. But up until that point, we were um, one year, I think it was 2019 or 2017, 18, 19, something like that. We were the number one Keller Williams team in Colorado, um, only for one year, but we were there at least for a minute. Okay. You know, that, and that was just sort of me and about four other agents, you know, just working really hard. Um, my son came and joined me. That wasn't good. He, you know, really <laughs> needed to do his own thing. No one wants uh-huh. your, your boss, right? Yeah. Um, in your mid twenties. And so, um, you know, so we went through all of that. Um, but we, we made it work, um, through COVID we did really well. We had a really successful year. Um, you know, through that year we pivoted quickly, Um, And Mm -hmm. then I started to see, well, so something kind of interesting happened. Um, I worked my way to a point of getting to um, be in Gary Keller's mastermind group. So Keller Williams Realty, Gary Gary Keller is the founder um, of Keller Williams Realty, and he's every year named the most influential man in real estate. And he has his top 100 agents that get together on a quarterly basis with him to learn, you know, about, um, his level of real estate and, you know, things Uh just working with buyers and sellers. And so, um, I was number 88. So 
I was in the room, but I was in the back of the room, right? You know, I mean, there were mm-hmm. 87 agents that were doing, you know, bigger business than I was. And um, and I, you know, worked and clawed my way to that point to get there. And mm-hmm. I started looking around and they all looked like you. They were all these young, you know, young friends <laughs> that were doing really well. And I was thinking, you know, I'm old and tired and thinking, how did they get they're not only doing what I'm doing, they're doing beyond, and they've only been in real estate for like five years, right? And at that time for me, it had been 25 years. And and so I thought, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I thought I need to not only learn from Gary Keller, but I need to learn from these agents and find out what they're doing that I'm not. And so I became good friends with a lady by the name of Sarah Reynolds. And Sarah is now 38 years old. So at that time, she was like 35 something like that. Okay. And I watched her come about where I was level wise and rankings and stuff and go way beyond me really quickly. And she is the, at that time and continues to be the number two agent in all of Keller Williams around the country. Right. Okay. At, you know, 35, I mean, she was having babies. She was having to stop to go on maternity leave and still (laughs) doing this. It was crazy. So I went to her and I said, so what are, you know, what are you doing that I'm not doing? Because I literally can't work any more hours than I am. You know, I just can't. And you clearly, you're having babies and you're a young mom and you're, you know, building this huge empire. And so what are you doing that I'm not? And she said, you know, Gay, what you've done is you've really mastered the art of working with people, you know, right? So turning those people. PTA president, room mom, team mom, you know, all of those things for mm-hmm. you, right? And so I just, anyone I knew, you know, I ended up selling them a house. Um, but you can only know so many people and there's only so much of you. And when my kids grew up and, you know, now they're both in their 30s, um, you know, I no longer had that built in, you know, all of those families that, you know, that I was seen, you know, on a regular basis. And so she said, you work with the people that we, that, you know, which we're going to call the Mets. And I work with the people that we don't know that are the have not Mets. And there's a whole lot more of them than there are, mm. that you know, right. Okay. Yeah. And that was sort of a little light. So then I decided, okay, I can do this. You know, she kind of told me, and so I'm going to try to, to do it. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just wasn't very good at it. And so I, found myself one day, I started to hire more people and leverage and hired somebody to be the operations director of our team. And he came in and wanted to um, change this and do that. And let's, you know, change all everything that you do. And so, you know, I was willing to do that, but this was not the first time I'd done it. It was like the third time. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just remember going home thinking, So this is going to work for a year or two, and then he's going to end up leaving. And then I'm going to go right back to what I've always done. And I'm just tired of this. This is hard. You know, it's hard. Yeah. So I called Gary Keller and I just said, Gary, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm tired. I don't know what to do. I, you know, I, I can't just like ride off into the sunset. I'm not ready to do that. I need a mountain. I need something to climb and to master. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard and I'm tired. And, and so, 
what he said to me is he said, you need to hire the right person that, you know, you need to pay them enough and hire them so that they can come and really take you to the next level. You can take it as far as you know how, and then let them take it, you know, beyond. And you're going to have to give them some ownership eventually to do that. And so he had this kind of mapped out for me. And he said, so you just need to find your person, right? And I said, here's what I said. And, it, and I didn't mean to be disrespectful, but at that time, Gary with Keller Williams had had in the 10 years I'd been with them, you know, like three different CEOs and he had just had a new one right then. And so I said, mm. I said, so how's that working for you? <laughs> right. I mean, wow. yeah, it's, it's yeah. easy to say, but in actuality, that is the hardest part. Finding that right person that's going to stay and going to have the same level of commitment that you do and wants to take it to the next level and, you know, all of that. And so, um, you know, so I didn't mean to be disrespectful, but it, but it was true. And he knew that it was true. And so when I hung up, I really started thinking like, how am I going to do this? And so at that time, there had started to be something within Keller Williams Realty called expansion teams and expansion. And I had even tried it. I had expanded to Colorado Springs, hired an agent in Colorado Springs that would take all of our Colorado Springs referrals. And we'd get a little bit of a kickback, you know, more mm -hmm. than the referral fee on it and um, plugged him into our systems and our networks and stuff like that. But still, it was hard, right? And so I started thinking about it and I thought, there's two ways that you can do this. You can hire, um, you know, somebody that is emerging talent, right? So someone that's young mm -hmm. and they're affordable because they don't really have a track record yet and they might work and they might not. You right. can hire known talent, right? They've already got the track record and they're, you know, they're very good at it, but they're expensive. Right. Um, or you can go to somebody that's already doing it. And I picked up the phone and I called my friend, Sarah, and I said, you know, I'm tired. I don't know how to do what you're doing. Like in that, meanwhile, she's, you know, I'm growing this much every year and she's growing, you know, this much every year. I said, I don't mm -hmm. know what I'm doing. And to figure it out at this point in my career, like, I don't even want to, it's going to take me till I die to, you know, to figure it out. And I don't, I don't want to do that. I like working with buyers and sellers. And yeah. so we, we decided to merge. So at that time within Keller Williams, I was the biggest team to merge with another big team. What people were doing mm. around the country was they were bringing their brand into other markets, but they were getting emerging talent instead of proven talent, right? They mm. were getting like, mm -hmm. you know, a newer agent that had sold 20 houses. Um, and so that yeah. was good. And so, you know, I can grow you and make you bigger. Well, you know, at that time and still today, I, uh, for the last 20 years, I've averaged between somewhere between 75 and 85 houses that I, that I personally sell this last year, it was 82. Um, and so, okay. so that's proven talent. That's not emerging yeah. talent, but Sarah and I decided and kind of put our heads together and figured out how to create her team in Washington, DC. She's not in Denver, bring it to Colorado, bring her systems, her training, her business knowledge, right? my boots on the ground, wanting to work with the buyers and sellers. And mm -hmm. I knew that she knew what she was doing. She'd proven it. You know, at that time I was selling 200 houses a year. She was selling 1200 houses a year mm -hmm. now in DC. So she was proven 
Um, it cost me something to do that because I let her, she actually is, has more ownership of my company now than I do. So, um, okay. and did not sell it to her. Mm-hmm. I gave it to her. And so people are like, why, why on earth would you do that? That doesn't sound very smart. And it's because of what it will be and what it's starting to grow. So in the first nine months of working with her, our, um, our GCI went up by 67%. Wow. In the first months. That's huge. And we were already surpassing 2 million. You know, so we went from two to 4.8 million in GCI in the first year of working with them. Unbelievable. So, so it didn't come without some pain though. And the pain was um, mostly to my ego uh, you know, we were the Ribble group and then we weren't the Ribble group anymore. We were Empower Home Team. And, you know, it was more, it was more about that brand than my brand, which, you know, I'd always built my brand and, you know, was mm-hmm. my brand. Um, and not only that, but some of the systems changed and the way, you know, the way you work with someone, you know, and have known for many years and the way you work with somebody that, you know, hears you on the radio are two different ways. And you right. have to get them in two different ways. You serve them in two different ways. Um, you know, it's just very different, right? And sure. so, and I'm an old dog. So I had to learn new tricks, which was hard. You know, I won't lie. It was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard for my team. Most of the team, not all of them, but most of the team that I had at that point, as far as agents ended up leaving because they liked the more, you know, smaller family, you know, mm-hmm. group of yeah. all people we know. And suddenly we are driving from, um, we sell more houses in Florissant, Colorado than anyone. Do you know where Florissant, Colorado is? No, no, I don't either. <laughs> we more houses well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, so, so our reach went, you know, way, way broader and, um, but it, actually started really working. And we just had to find the right agents that worked with that system. So we took her system and training, high level of both, um, my work ethic, mentoring agents, boots on the ground, passion for selling, working with buyers and sellers, mm-hmm. and find it. And so we were the second one she had done, but the first really successful one. And now mm-hmm. she's got 10 more just opened in Houston, Texas this week. So, and her her plan is to do a hundred that are servicing and taking care of a hundred families a month in a hundred locations. So, you know, so she, she's a, she's a force to be reckoned with. And, um, but I couldn't have hired that, right. I, I couldn't have afforded to hire her, So what I did was I let her come in, gave her some of my business and what it provides for me is an exit strategy. And so so I was looking at not only today, which I'm still making about the same money that I was making, Mm -hmm. um, give or take, you know, it's, it's very close, but it provides something for me to be able to sell and step away from later, which is huge. And that was what we were talking about before this. So, yeah, yeah. but I want to be yeah. respectful of time and I talk a lot and fast. So, sorry oh, it's all that. good. I mean, that's fascinating your journey on that. And I really appreciate you sharing that because that's something that can apply to any business, uh, real estate, mortgage, plumber, 
yeah. um, lawyer, dentist, whatever it is. And uh, a lot of people don't think about that. The, I think you said it's the difference between having a practice and having a, a actual business. business that has equity. Right. Yeah. Because, because see, here's what it was when it was the Ribble Group. And this is why it was problematic. So I hired a guy by the name of Steve Murray, which many people will know. Um, at that time, he owned a company called Real Trends that did a lot of evaluations of businesses that, you know, helped them to sell mm-hmm. big, big real estate companies around the country. But he was a friend of mine. And so I hired him. I sold my uh, Keller Williams franchise to him. So that's how I knew him. Mm-hmm. And so I I called and I said, you know, I want to see what the valuation of my team is. And at that time, we were doing $100 million of volume. So, you know, and about $2.5 million in GCI. So, you know, it was was a a good, very sound, um, you know, practice. And so I went to him and said, you know, what, if I were to sell this, what would the market value be? And he did all of, you know, took two weeks to, you know, look at it and evaluate it and everything. And he came back and he said, it's worth 50,000. Wow. 50,000? Like, that's it? And he said- Yeah, no kidding. I know. I was embarrassed, mad, hurt, like, you know- Right, yeah. Did he he share why it was only 50,000? He did. And what he said is, you are the business. When you step out, Mm -hmm. so do your clients. You know, who else, no one else has 30 years with your clients and they're going to maybe try them, but maybe not. The clients don't know who they are or their family or, you know, what they've done. Like it was so personal, right? Which Mm -hmm. really good realtors do. You grow relationships and you're the, you know, like your friends and it's very deep, long um, relationships. But the problem is, is that no one else can buy that. And so what ends up happening with realtors is either they keep working until the day they die because mm-hmm. they, they know that this business will come to them, but it won't come to somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore they have to stay, you know, and they have to continue to sell real estate or they quit and it all goes away. And neither one of those options look good to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I want to make money when I'm done. I feel like this is a business that is viable and, you know, has some value. And I don't want to yeah. be doing this when I'm 80 years old. Yeah. And so, um, so in talking with Sarah, what we did is we created, um, you know, where we both put the same amount of money into our new entity. We called it Empower Home. Um, and then she has 51% interest. I have 49% interest. So she, you know, if, if it's this, she, you know, it, it goes to her. Um, but there's, there is a buyout basically. So at whatever point in time, you know, mm-hmm. sometime between now and the next 10 years that I walk away, I will, you know, I will be able to sell it, my 49% to her at a predetermined value, right? Mm. Um, And we planned it for a 15-year payout because it'll probably be something like four or $5 million, right? Mm -hmm. Now, most people Mm -hmm. don't get to walk away with four or $5 million. And if I just took the four or 5 million, that could bankrupt her, right? If it was like, okay, now I'm leaving and you owe me $5 million. Most companies don't have that just sitting around. And so we did a 15-year um, period of time to do the payout, 
which is great because, you know, if I walk away at 65 or 67, something like that, 15 years, that will get me, you know, and if you took, and it, we don't know that it'll be 5 million. I don't know what that number it'll be. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, you know, whatever it is, but we'll divide that by 15 years. And so every year I will have, so it basically builds a pension. Yeah, you have an income coming in then for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, I have an income coming in for you know for fifteen years, and so, um, so it, so it's good now because I'm not making all of those day to day decisions. I'm not the marketing department anymore. I'm not the, I'm not even the trainer. Um, you know, I've got a a person on our team that we've hired to be basically the sales manager. I've got an operations manager. So I'm out selling real estate. I mentor the agents on our team. I do a lot of Mm -hmm. the hiring and, you know, that kind of thing. So I still have some leadership duties, but the ones I want and the Mm -hmm. ones I like, and then I'm selling real estate. And, um, and the really beautiful part about it was this year we sold, um, one, uh, $170 million of real estate for our team. And so we were at a hundred, mm. not quite two years ago. So, you know, in that two yeah, years, yeah. That, you know, not quite two years, we've grown by 70 million, but I was selling 75 houses then I did 82 now. Um, but I did, my volume was about 70 million of, you know, just mm. my sales, which meant the hundred million came from our team, not me. Mm-hmm. And that, it didn't come from my lead ginning efforts. It didn't come from people that I knew that, you know, they needed to work with or whatever. It just was new business that was created that they took care of. And so it started off like this, this is me and this is them, right? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that hundred million, our first hundred million, I did about 70 million of that too. And they did 30 million. Right. And then they, you start getting them to go up. You, You know, I haven't gone down yet. You get them up eventually I will start to go down as I start to ease out a little bit and they're going to be here and that now if I step out what what's what are they going to lose 30 million dollars worth of business on a 300 million dollar business it doesn't cripple them right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so they they can afford that now we have transferred the power the brand the you know the name all of it you know has transferred it's been you know, an elegant transfer and it gives me an exit strategy. I love it. So That's, you're, you're a very smart woman. Thank That's you. For sure. You know, a lot of people have come to me and said, why are you doing this? And it's nothing, you know, it doesn't look like the way you did. And we used to have like the most beautiful newsletters and the most, I was always really about, you know, it looking really good. And Sarah's mm-hmm. process is not that at all. It's like black and white. And I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing to send out. They're also used to, you know, my, but it works, right? And yeah. she got proven met- methods that work. And I had to just trust in the process. Um, but the neat thing is, is that now the agents that are with us, they're, ma- they're making good money. The oh, average, sure. the average yeah. agent on our team is making over $150,000 a year. Um, as long as it's not their first year in the business first year, it takes a, you know, a little while, like it does for everybody, sure. but they're averaging about 70 at that point. And so our agents are coming in and they're making money and they're not spending money. They don't have to create the will. They're doing what they love to do, which is sales and, um, mm-hmm. and we've got great support staff and all of that. And so it, it's been fun for me 
to watch their success because I know that if they, and I've always known that if, if I can help them get what they want, it will help me to get what I want. Mm-hmm. I need to not be focused on me. I need to be focused on them. And that was a big part of this too, because the industry was changing and I saw that. And so I needed to change with it. I needed to pivot with the industry when we're working with, you know, I buyers and we're, you know, the other day I had a listing, um, my sellers, it was a Zoom buyer, somebody, you know, with Zoom. Um, and we wrote an offer on one that was with um, OfferPad, you know, so we didn't, mm. was, you know, biz, you know, big, big, big businesses, not local realtors. And right. that was just on one transaction, right? But it was like on both ends, it was industrial. And really, so am I now. I'm quasi industrial, you know, we're bigger, but we Mm -hmm. still have the, you know, the friendly home, like you can talk to, you know, an agent, it's not just a number that you call and that kind of thing. And so we're somewhere in the middle. And I believe that that is where the industry is going. And so, um, you know, the, the solo agent of yesteryear is slowly going extinct. And I hate to say that because I was a solo agent for a long time. But it is. And teams and, you know, not only just teams, but businesses, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Bigger businesses is the way real estate is going because our newer buyers now don't really care about the relationship. They don't even care really about the advice that you're giving. They just want somebody that can write an offer. Mm -hmm. I'm not about that. I'm totally about 100% service, but we find them in the way that they want to find us. And then we give them that full service too, you know, so we, we're trying yeah. to train them that that still is important, but most of them, many of them, of the millennials and, you know, Gen Xs that are coming in, just, you know, they, they I can find the house, I can look at the house, I just need someone to write up the offer. And so they don't value that relationship the same way that we do, but if they don't, they're not going to hire you, they're going to go to, you know, Redfin. Um, and whoever is the closest agent to the house to show them the house is who they're going to use. And they're perfectly happy with that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so you have to move when the market moves and or you're going to get eaten up by it. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I believe that I had enough business to carry me through retirement, but I had these newer, younger people on my team and I knew that it wasn't going to carry them. And that was a problem yeah. for me. I wanted what I left to be a legacy for the people who had been loyal to me that they would be able to keep going on and not just have to like go find something else when I walk away. And now they do, they have something bigger and bigger than just Colorado. You know, Mm -hmm. now they have a lot of opportunity within the company, um, you know, both in Colorado and beyond. And so Mm -hmm. it really Mm -hmm. is a win-win for everybody. That's awesome. So, so how, what's your, what are your future goals? How big do you want to build the team and where you, where are you trying to go with it? Yeah, well, we want to get to a point where we're serving a hundred families a month. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, last year we were at about 300. So we need to do more than that this year, Yeah. Um, you know, and every year just keep, and, you know, clicking away and, you know, changes gradual and then sudden. I actually Mm -hmm downturn in the market is going to really help us and propel us because what we do works really well for this kind of system Mm -hmm. or kind of market that we're in. And so, you know, we want to get to um, not only serving a hundred families a month, 
um, which can be done because Sarah does that in, you know, in Washington, sure. D.C. And, and they were the first to break 400 a year, you know, and uh -huh. so they were uh -huh. able to go bigger than that. Um, but also, we really believe in worthy causes and giving money back. And so our worthy cause is adoption because I was adopted. I have an adopted oh. granddaughter and um, several people on our team were either adopted or have adopted. And so we decided that we wanted to give money to local Colorado adoption. And mm -hmm. so we'd like to get to a point that we're able to give a million dollars to um, help people, you know, navigate the whole adoption thing. It's very expensive. It's like $67 mm -hmm. to adopt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of really, really great families that just can't afford to do that. And we want to yeah. help to subsidize that for them so that we can, you know, put, place people in forever families. That's a great cause. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so those are, those are our, our goals that I hope to hit before I do walk away. And yeah. so I, you know, I don't have any plans today to walk away except for that. I know that I will. Right. Yeah. That yeah. is the plan. I will, and I have a plan, and I have an avenue of how I'm going to do it. Uh -huh. And I'm having fun doing that, right? Yeah. Creating that, um, but it is creating it so that I can walk away instead of just walk away and it all shuts off. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So are you, so to build it that much, are you recruiting agents right now? Are you looking for new people to join your team? Yeah, so um, so we have, Sarah has 37 lead generation pillars, and we're only using about 10 of them right now. 37. Uh-huh, wow. 37 different ways to bring in business. And we're using 10, um, which means that there's 27 we're not using. And the reason is because if we did all, all 37, we can't, um, so we do it a little bit different. We don't give people leads, we set appointments for them. So, you know, mm. we give every agent on our team so many appointments a week and the better agents get more appointments. So we do a lot of training to get them to that point. But the appointment is already a person ready to go. Not just like, here's a lead, someone that called and try to see what you can do with it. It's here's an appointment. So, um, you know, so we do that. Well, you have to have agents available to take all these appointments and we're getting more and more appointments. And so we need to grow with agents. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so we're hiring right now today. We always, with everybody that we hire, we send them to Washington, D.C. for a week and we pay for all of it. So we invest a lot of money in them so that they really are trained and knowledgeable and know what they're doing. Um, some of them are brand new agents that we take and some of them are experienced agents. And it really just, you know, we are looking for a servant's heart and somebody that's mm -hmm. good at following systems instead of wanting to be really entrepreneurial and building it themselves. If, yeah. if you're that way, it, it this isn't a good system for them. But if they are, you know, like, let me just plug and play. And, you know, I am really entrepreneurial, but I also loved that I could just plug and play. Right. Mm -hmm. I built mm -hmm. it so big that I kind of hit my lid of what I was able to do on my own. Mm -hmm. easily. And so then it was either like, I'm going to have to walk away from my clients in order to figure out how to do this, or I can plug in with someone else that's doing it at a much higher level. And I can continue to grow the people who are, you know, most important to me beyond my family would be my client or my clients, buyers and sellers, but also my agents and, you know, yeah. for them, the life that they're looking for. Yeah. So if an agent is listening to this and is interested in talking to you about an opportunity with you, how would they reach you? Are you comfortable sharing yeah. that? Yeah, you can just call me on my, um, probably our office number. So that, because we have some assessments and things that we have them take just okay. to make sure that they're, you know, kind of the right 
type of personality that you know we know is going to do well with this. So that number is 303-424-7575. And um, we, you know, have some of the hiring processes done in our hub in Washington, DC, but we meet with them too mm -hmm. locally so that we know that they're a good culture fit and everything for our team. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. It's easy to see why you're so successful. Ah, thank you. Well, nice. it, it is my pleasure. And I always hope that I bring value. Um, what I what I really want to just kind of end with is that there are a lot, there are a lot of new agents out there and there are a lot of older agents out there. And um, I think for the new agents, what I want to say to you is, you know, either build a team really good and quick or join a team because that is where it's going. And if you don't, you don't have enough past clients to sustain you for many, many years. I think it's going to change really rapidly. And for those who are long time, I'm going to say you need to be thinking about an exit strategy. Don't just work until the day you fall over and die, but also don't feel like you can't walk away right? Life is mm -hmm. too short. We've worked hard. We want to be able to go do fun things when yeah. we're done. And so be thinking about it, but it doesn't happen overnight, right? Like for me, my exit strategy is a 10, it's a quarter of my whole career. I'll have mm -hmm. been in for 40 years and the last 10 is all in the exit strategy, getting that built yeah. and so that I can exit. So I think too many people wait till they don't, you know, they have to get out or they can't work anymore, or they look around and the industry is totally different. You need to be thinking about an exit strategy about, you know, five to 10 years before you actually act on it. And so I hope that the value that I've given is to get people thinking beyond just working with buyers and sellers, which is very important. And that is my passion, but to also think about how do I take what I do and make this something that is a long time, really fulfilling career that when I walk away, I don't have to live in poverty just because I'm no longer able or wanting to sell business, you know, sell real estate anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, well, well, yeah. thank you for all the wisdom. It's just, it's been great to have you as a guest. And once again, my name is RJ Backstrom with Intercap Lending. And I just wanted to encourage you that if you've found value in this podcast to please share it with other people, you know, other agents that could uh, gain benefit from that. That's how the word of this podcast gets out there. And also uh, where I come from as a lender is I value giving back to the agent partners that I work with. So if you're interested in talking about that, give me a ring, we can chat for a few minutes about what that looks like. And thanks again, Gay, for being on the show. I really appreciate and, it. And RJ, you're you're out there doing things that other people aren't doing. And so, um, you know, and your, your business and your success is showing with that. So keep doing that. And everybody listening, he's awesome. So, you know, you ought to give him a call. <laughs> Thank you so much. He didn't tell me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome. All right, All right. everybody have a good day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.